BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Spring deals at Ross will have you saying, it's a yes for me. Say yes to trending looks like tube tops, dad shorts, and miniskirts for less than online, or vintage tees and beach shorts for a weekend getaway. With all the styles to choose from, there's a yes around every corner. Because saving money and looking good is what you do. It's a yes for you and your bank account. Hit up Ross for your certified yes for me moment. When you're talking about the moms that come in with the doctors having that like rushed, like you have to do this, it's going to cause X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. And giving like kind of that like heightened state of awareness of like, you have to make a decision right now. One thing that we always, always tell people is that this is not an emergency. It's never like, emergency care. The, the emergency is making sure your baby is fed. Right. That's the emergency. You need a feeding plan. You need a short, mid, and long-range feeding plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and a way to to identify the functional and structural pieces mm-hmm. that need to be calibrated and coordinated so that you get on the track to the trajectory of growth. That's the most important thing. You're listening to She with Jordan Lee Dooley, a personal development podcast for the everyday woman. Come invited, leave ignited. Here's your host, Jordan Lee Dooley. Revolution. I feel like that's such a formal way to address you guys, but I'm super excited to chat with you. I'm so thankful that you're here. Uh, before we jump in, can each of you just give me a little rundown of who you are, what you do, and what is Midline Revolution just collectively? Yeah, yeah, that's a great, great question. We will have Michelle address who we are as collective, <laughs> but I'm Natalie. I am a nurse and a lactation consultant. And I took a mentorship with Michelle a few years ago and Molly and I were in the same mentorship actually. And from that mentorship, a lot was born. We started our neuro posturing and breastfeeding group. Mm-hmm. And then from our neuro posturing and breastfeeding, we all started Midland Revolution and the rest is history kind yeah. of. Here we are. Awesome. Yeah. I'm Michelle Chatham. Um, I've been a nurse for almost 40 years I was a lactation consultant for a while or official myofunctional therapist, licensed massage therapist. I have some other specialties. And right now my work is primarily working with, I would say, the philosophy around our families and how we live. And also uh, my specific purpose and help is to create a new paradigm for in which we view airway issues and craniofacial growth and development. So I'm like that nut on the edge that's actually trying to get ahead of it and create different ways of engaging with how our kids grow and also the joy and happiness we have in our families and how that's yeah. a fuel for for beauty and for our souls and things like that. So I mentor practitioners and help them create practices they love and lives they love and also um, address just a lot of burnout in the field. Yeah. My name is Molly. I am a chiropractor, birth keeper, mama, and 
Uh, my purpose here in this collective and on the planet is really to just help people navigate new paradigms in heart-centered way. And I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be a part of this collective. Midline Revolution is an educational company, and we are centered around the ages of 0 to 12 months, the mom-baby dyad within that range. And we're not helping mothers navigate all kinds of things within that first year. We actually started out doing primarily like the lip and tongue tie uh, season for people. And we're moving more into like how to really create the environment internally and externally in your lives with your breastfeeding babe and create optimization in that season. So we we just launched a new course called Generative Breastfeeding, uh, Generative Habits Breastfeeding Edition. And so it's all about really like mitochondrial health and family ecology and like all these little pieces that are going to make a huge difference in your breastfeeding journey and optimize your experience. And it really just answers every question we get via email. <laughs> that was like the Seriously. goal um, was so that we're not giving out like consults via email all the time. And so we just nailed it with the, I'm so excited about that. Anyways, we <laughs> nailed it with all the information. It's all the things that I've been learning. I have a babe that's five months at the time of this recording. Mm -hmm. And so it's all the things that we imprinted him with. And they helped me remember and like this ancestral vibe. And so we're really it's very, it's very about coming back kind of in the tribal way of mm -hmm. women helping women yeah. and not trying to figure out how to do all of this on your own. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Okay. So the word midline, can we touch on what does that mean for someone who's very new to midline the world of even just babies in general, maybe soon to be moms. And they're like, a what tie? What's midline? Like, what are you, can you just give us like a quick layperson's explanation of why the, what does midline revolution even mean? Like, what is the midline? Why should we care? Well, Michelle is the OG. So she's been <laughs> in this for a minute. Let's like hear what you, let's hear what you guys say about yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, actually it's almost like a poke at the allopathic power differential. So tongue tie, lip tie, midline changes, hypospadias, you know, we, we see a lot of them, you know, that expression of our body is a, is a very potent energetic piece of us. Mm -hmm. And so over the years, because I've been working with craniofacial growth and development, oral health, airway formation, all of those things for 14, 14 ish years now. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people have really honed in in the allopathic model, like the, the Western allopathic model mm -hmm. on this being the problem, the tongue tie or the, the midline tissue, whatever it is yep. being what's wrong. Mm -hmm. So our approach is like, Oh no, we want to revolutionize. So little R evolution. So, you know, it's basically like our environment is changing so quickly. There's an adaptation mismatch now. Mm -hmm. We're not actually a fit for the progress that we've made. And so everything's kind of out of sync. And so we wanted to revolutionize the conversation around the changes that we're seeing in this very centralized expression of our bodies. Because across the midline, we get into all the conversations around reflex integration and everything that people want to find wrong in the allopathic model is actually another way to separate us from ourselves. Mm. So our whole mission is to recontextualize 
human experience, our bodies, the power of our bodies, the amazingness of our ability to adapt. And so that's like the whole path that we're taking. So we call it Midline Revolution because that's what we're here to do is revolutionize this conversation around the midline. So actually in the allopathic model, what we're doing is we're giving power away to a decontextualized diagnosis. Mm -hmm. And actually, if you take that back and you put some foundational pieces underneath it, which we discuss very deeply in all of our courses and the the whole um, generative breastfeeding course is basically the, the approach I've been using for the last 10 years with my clients in a broad way. And so if you take that power back and you recontextualize the human and put it back together and avoid making it good, bad, right or wrong, and then say, how is this a gift to me? How is this serving me? There's literally so much gold in it that you will, you will literally begin to adapt and transform. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. Almost like we've taken this polarized conversation and offered the exact opposite, right? There, yeah. maybe the allopathic model will offer you a diagnosis. We're offering you like, maybe it's a gift. Like, what is the gift? What if it was for you? And what if what you're seeking is seeking you? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It was built a lot out of, we wouldn't exist if the straight allopathic model was working. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people who aren't getting their outcomes exactly. and they're, going and getting one phrenectomy, two phrenectomy, three phrenectomies sometimes, and still not getting the outcomes that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And so we're trying to create an alternative of like, hey, maybe that's like, maybe that's the way for some people, but maybe there's another way. And maybe there's a way to figure out if it's the reason or the response. And yeah. I don't think that's an alternative. I say contextualization, yeah. because if we really utilize natural law and what we have access to as humans, mm-hmm. All of those, I, I can, you know, my, my hallmark is, you know, give me a baby and within one set session, we've got 80% of what was wrong taken care of. It's done. No surgery, no nothing. Then we can finally see if there's actually a condition here that might benefit from, from that tool, yeah, the actual tool, yeah. using the tool. Mm-hmm. So, but let's, let's create a foundation for the family and the kids. And it's like this plant when we're plants with complicated emotions. And so when we ecologize or contextualize our natural law, then everything begins to automatically correct. And a lot of it has to do with our hearts and how we think and how we believe and, and things like that, that it's, it's a really powerful, powerful piece. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I work from, that's how I, I developed everything that I do is from the people who are not getting their outcomes. So I'm like the queen of suboptimal outcomes. If you didn't get your outcome, I'm your girl. So let's let's talk about outcomes real quick because I'm curious. You, you guys have said some words and I want to kind of define them for those who might be like, what are we talking about? Like what, what is a phrenectomy or what is an oral restriction? And what is a phrenectomy? And when someone doesn't get the outcome they want, is that meaning that the phrenectomy did not achieve uh, better oral function, better breastfeeding. Like, walk us through what you see. What is an oral restriction? What is a phrenectomy? And what is a failed outcome or an outcome that you know we thought we were going to get and didn't get? Well, just to begin, all of those definitions are going to be different depending on who you're talking, you're talking to. Yeah. So, in our definition, mm-hmm. I would say, like, for an oral restriction to truly be present, and this is something that I think does cross into the allopathic realm, is you have to have structure 
that's appearing tight or restricted and you have to have function that's not working properly. That's what we would call an oral restriction. Like a lot of people might look at the structure of the frenum under the tongue. So as Michelle says, there's seven frenums in our mouth and frenums frenums are are friends. friends. (laughs) They hold us together. together. So what, what their purpose is, is if we didn't have any frenums, our mouths would be like this, like floppy lens. We would have no structure to them. Mm-hmm. And so what their purpose is, is, is to hold things where they should be so that whether it's the cheek or the lip or the tongue can function in a proper way. Mm-hmm. And so what has happened in this world, in this like tongue tie world, is that somebody might see a frenum that appears restricted structurally. They may look at it, but if you look at the function, the baby might be functioning beautifully. We see this all the time with the people that we work with is yeah. that there's a baby that would appear like class, the four, highest class, yeah. class four, whatever, however depending you're, which classification yeah, you're using. depending on the, the classification and it appears so tight. And the mom's like, well, I was told X, Y, Z that I need to have a phrenectomy, et cetera, because of the way that it appears. And then they're having, she's like, but I'm not having any breastfeeding issues. And we're like, well, what's the no problem? Pain, the baby's gaining weight. You know? The baby's latching well. So there's a, there's a differential there that we... Um, absolutely look at. Yeah. So when, when you have structure and function not working properly or how we expect them to work in the mouth, then you go deeper. And what a lot of people do is they say, okay, there's a structure problem. There's a function problem. Your baby should get a phrenectomy. That's what the allopathic world would say. And a phrenectomy is the, the releasing or the cutting or snipping or lasering, whatever, whatever tool they're using of that frenum to detach say the tongue from the floor of the mouth. Mm -hmm. But what we look at and what Michelle's really taught us in our mentorship is, is this baby appearing restricted? Is this the reason because it is a tight frenum or is this the response of something else in their body, in their environment, in their family? Yeah. Yeah. I was one of those moms who I had, you know, some oral function challenge, it seemed, and at the beginning with breastfeeding and was told, oh, phrenectomy, like class three tongue tie, this is a have to, like baby won't be able to eat. And it was interesting because I didn't have pain with breastfeeding. Baby was gaining weight and could latch, but would just kind of pop on and off, which I ended up finding later had like oversupply, fast letdown that probably all connected. But I just felt like there was this like pause in me to before going and doing a phrenectomy. And that was when I learned more about what you guys were doing and just kind of thought, I'm not going to not consider it, but I'm not going to jump to it. And so I started doing much more of the fascial release and body work and working on releasing the midline tissue, not hyper fixating on just the the frenum under the tongue. And within a few weeks, there was significant change without doing any kind of surgery. And that's like something that I was so encouraged by. I really honestly, based on what I was being told in the allopathic model, didn't think was possible. I thought, oh, I'm just doing the body work and the the you know midline tissue release and all this to prepare for the phrenectomy and try to get the best outcome. But by the time it came for me to even do the phrenectomy, I was like, I don't even think this is going to be beneficial. It could actually be somewhat traumatic and set us back even, you know, I might not get the outcome I want. And so that's something I want more moms to hear and to understand is like, that's not the only approach, but it's so loud that it can make you feel like it's your only option if you have any road bump whatsoever, you know? And again, I I mean, I'm sure you guys would agree. There probably are scenarios where that could be beneficial maybe, but I'd be curious your thoughts on like, what would you say to someone who's like, I feel like this is my only option because I'm, I've been told there's oral restriction not an emergency. I I feel like 
phrenectomy primarily lives in the realm of dentistry, right? Mm-hmm. And dentistry operates in the allopathic mindset and model where it's hammer nail. And there's also the sales techniques around dentistry are urgency. Do it now. And then there's enough of a conversation within the professionals at what I call at the top of the pyramid that they feel like you go ahead and release it to get them in the growth trajectory so that they don't have these problems later. Mm-hmm. But actually, that's not what's happening. So there's there's a there's a disconnect between addressing oral function and structure in infants and the growth trajectory and how that child, what I call, gets on the path of openness and stability. Less and less you will we don't use the word get releases. Mm-hmm. Phrenectomy, fascia, you won't hear me talk about getting releases with fascia work. I don't talk about that anymore. Yeah. I talk about the redistribution of the forces and energetics in the body that allow a child to be stable, mobile, and agile. And the creation. And, and the creation, utilization, of maintenance of space. Mm-hmm. So that are, that is my primary guiding force and and lens when I'm looking at a child is how is that child creating, utilizing, and maintaining space in their body? Mm-hmm. Because that space becomes the airway or the space or the way of air as they grow their cranial structures. Mm-hmm. And how that's connected in the body is not dependent on fascial release. Mm-hmm. And that's why I've been saying for years now, the integrative body work that focuses on releasing, that's dead. It's mm-hmm. gone. It's done. It's not going to help people get outcomes anymore because the information that's available to that child of how to activate and move their body is no longer present in the field. It's no longer present in the families. It's no longer present in the communities. Their hindbrain is scanning for this information and it's not present. Every day we repattern mothers and babies and fathers Mm -hmm. along with it. And that's the growth trajectory is the communal patterning of the nervous systems of the, of the ecology of the family is what's really happening. And that's Michelle's genius is to go in and be like, okay, what have you dropped out? How can we bring this back together? And this is what we're doing in our midline revolution community. What we've done is we've got that from zero to 12 months. That's midline revolution mm-hmm. where the next pickup with, with the Maya wild framework is which, which is what I created after I almost died from a tongue tie release. I want, yeah. I wanted to hear about that. Ten years ago. And I had to come back from the dead, basically, and rebuild all of this because I was not, I was prepared because I had the best, uh, the best helping me. I was not ready. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. There's a big difference. Where I was going to go with that, too, is the outsourcing. So we're going to all the fashion pieces. Yes. We're going to all these places. Yes. And Michelle's like, no, I have to create something. I have to do that for inside. me. Right. I have to create, utilize, and maintain. No one's going to do that for me. Mm-hmm. And so after 12 months, that's why we created the uh, Rooted Families course with the Malloys is because they were willing to say, we've had these diagnoses, we've had these types of issues. This is how we took that information, basically the Mile Wild framework, and used it in our families. And then I come in and I actually teach that ecology model to the people in the communities. And so now I'm like, okay, you got past your pinch point of your infant. Mm -hmm. Now, what's your strategy moving forward? Because you need one. It's not going to automatically happen just because you released that frenulum when they were a baby. And that's, this is really important too, because 
I think something that I hear a lot in the holistic world, in the tongue tie world, whatever you want to call it, is there's a lot of fear of if you don't get the surgical release, if you don't address the frenum that appears to be restricted, they're they're at risk of all of these issues as an adult. They're more likely to have, I mean, they'll tell you the long list. And so I'd be curious and, and I'd be curious what your thought is and response is to that. Years ago, when I wrote the Tetherbird Tetherflow article and introduced that concept of why is it some kids, they go in and they just get it snipped and they seem fine and others don't. Well, now what's happening is that used to be like the people who did fine was like 60 to 80%. These were 20. Now it's flipped. Now it's 80% are not getting their outcome, whether it's resolution of symptoms, functionality, and optimal trajectory. It's 80% now that aren't, maybe even more. We don't know those numbers because the way the studies are set up are set up for success. This isn't science anymore. Mm. This is using IRB, RCT to prove that we have the validity to do what we need to do. To keep the laser, to in, keep the the laser in the office and keep it going, right? What they consider success is it, actually a procedure that was done or not done. Not, done or not hurting done. the infant and, yeah, you know, right. like appeared to be complete, but they're not looking at the follow-up of what happens down the road. When, what's happening after that. So there's no long-term studies about trajectories for kids. Is it kind of like, based on what you just said, how you don't have really these long-term true studies. So this, this, this claim of like, well, if you don't do a tongue tie release, if you don't get the laser release done and your kid has any kind of restriction, they're going to have sleep apnea. They're going to have all these issues with solids. They're like all these future potential issues where I think that's what a lot that's what's driving a lot of people to say, okay, yeah, I need to do this release because I don't want to risk them maybe having an issue in the future. But what you're telling me is like, well, there's not even really long-term follow-up of whether or not this release or this surgical procedure actually prevented anything like that to begin with and or how it even impacted them as a, not just a baby, but a child, an adolescent and an adult. So do we know if it's actually preventing these issues? Like where is that thought process coming from that somehow it prevents? Because if you look at like, I'm, I'm also on the, so I'm on the back end too. I'm on the practice end Mm -hmm. too. So inside of the practices where the phrenectomies are being done, the doctor has to be able to say, it went well, we did the thing, it was perfect, there are no issues. They have to. Mm -hmm. If they didn't, they wouldn't be able to do it. Okay, so just straight up note that. And then what's happening is as that child grows, then there's tonsillinadenoid problems. And then they're going into an appliance between the ages of three and five, that's phase one. And then by age eight, they're in phase two. And then there'll be a phase three. So now you've set this child up till they're 18 years old to have, you know, intervention for these things. And, and like I explain in, in the biohabits course is at the foundation, they are disconnected from pieces of their humanity that are imperative to be connected if they are going to be optimal and healthy and Happy grow, and growing the way, growing that, the way that they're that they're actually designed to show up mm-hmm. in the world. And the thing is, too, there are so many other things in a person's environment and their genetics and everything that can affect all of those things. So they have correlations. Yes, these tongue ties may be correlated with sleep apnea. They may be correlated with all these other things. 
but because there's not the long-term studies that show if you do this, then that. Plus, there, there never actually can be because there's so many factors that can affect. Like, what if a baby has a pacifier in their mouth for three years? That's probably going to affect their oral function right. for sure if they for three years. So there's so many different decisions that people are making in areas of their environment. Like we see people who live like near high tension power lines and who are exposed to a lot of Wi-Fi and everything like that, which it sounds hippy dippy to a lot of people from the outside, but we've seen the results, the results of what all of this does to a person's. Yeah. And I think the, the thing to note too, is like you just said, the word correlation, like correlation doesn't necessarily equal causation, but I even, I think a lot of young moms and new moms feel a lot of confusion and overwhelm. And I'm sure you guys have seen this in your community. They're in Facebook groups. They're in the the mom groups, the tongue tiger, and they're hearing all these things about, oh, if you don't do this, it's going to cause this, that, and the other thing. Or this is, you know, it worked for me. It changed our life. And it's interesting because I've even in my own just decision through what do we do about potential oral restriction and midline tension and all of these things, I came across different people who actually were really open with their story. And they're like, I regret it just jumping to a phrenectomy. I didn't get not, it wasn't even that they just didn't get the outcome. They actually had a traumatic experience or they regressed or the baby rejected the breast or there were other things. I'm like, why is this not a bigger part of the conversation? Like there are people. Exactly. Why is it not? So where are those people? Mm -hmm. So as one of those people Mm -hmm. who said, I did everything right correctly. I had the best care. I had the blah, blah, blah. And yet two weeks later, I'm in the hospital with a ruptured appendix and a collapsed lung and literally fighting for my life. What is that? Right. And this is is two weeks after you had a phrenectomy done and you had that done as an adult, correct? And what made you, what, why did you decide to get a phrenectomy done? And did this change your view on the phrenectomy as a whole? Because I had a functional evaluation Mm -hmm. where I was told I had a posterior tie and I was young, we'll call it young enough in the field where I bought <laughs> fully into that hook, line, and sinker. I'm like, give me that silver bullet. I can remember yeah. the day that I walked into my TMJ doctor's office and I was like so indignant and entitled and self-righteous and all that. And I was like, and I'll look back at myself and I go, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed. But thank you because... I showed up the way a lot of women show up now yeah. with you withheld and you didn't know why wouldn't you blah, blah, blah. Terrible, and you assume that the tongue tie that you finally had diagnosed was the cause of other issues you were experiencing? Yes. That's, yeah. And so I, took, I went the blame and victim route, right? And so now looking back and I've, and I've walked uh, adults through mm-hmm. the process that I used to heal and recover initially going into that, like beforehand and giving them full autonomy, helped them resource, giving them back their power, Mm -hmm. right? Helped them track their changes and all of the things that are happening because the actions they took, the changes they made, the way they cleaned up their own conversation, the way they changed from victim to warrior and child to, to, you know, um, sovereign, right? They flipped their archetypes and they're like, oh, I can now go in and use this if I still need the procedure Mm -hmm. as something that helps me. And I'm in control of my creation, utilization and maintenance of space. 
So they have that information in their bodies now, and they've had an experience with it that's different Mm -hmm. than the person who goes in and says, this is what's wrong with me. Fix it. Yeah. Right. Nothing gets fixed, people. Nothing gets fixed. So that's the thing about the outsourcing versus insourcing and going and seeking this silver bullet kind of ideas like that may help. But is it going to solve all your problems? No, No, it's not. And the, what we're doing, what we're, our goal is to really bring the village, the supportive pieces of the community around you so that if you do fall after something like that, you are caught by the people around yeah. you that have wisdom that are allowing you to be yeah, imbued with the wisdom, imbued with the support, available to be like, okay, how can I take responsibility moving forward if I did make this decision? Now, what do we need to do? How do we create the foundation? How do we put the pieces back together? Have you wanted to make some healthy swaps and start living a little bit more of a holistic lifestyle, but felt really unsure of where to start? I have just the thing for you. I wrote a step-by-step guide with actionable, practical steps you can start taking. Even if you're like, I don't know where to begin. This will show you exactly what to do, starting with budget so you can do this affordably and in a way that works for your family. Go to jordanleedooley.com slash handbook and grab my holistic home handbook to get started. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. With two little kids, I do most of my shopping online now, but it can be so hard to shop for things like clothes online because I never know if I'm getting good quality until it arrives. The game changer, upgrading to high quality, affordable pieces from Quince. Now I have luxury essentials that transition from one occasion to the next, and I stayed on budget. Quince has so many options to choose from, like 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. One of my favorite items from Quince is the silk pajamas I got. They are so high quality, luxury pajamas, but not at a luxury price tag. And I just feel like they don't even compare to some of the other pajamas that I have bought online or that I've bought um, just at various different stores. I'm like, these are incredible. (laughs) Indulge in affordable luxury by going to quince.com slash she for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash she to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash she. 
Thrive Market is a go-to for all your grocery and household essentials, and the convenience of getting everything online then quickly shipped to your doorstep is a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with the highest quality ingredients and sourcing methods. They restrict hundreds of ingredients across their food and cleaning categories, and you can use their on-site filters to suit your lifestyle needs. Whether you're looking for organic kid snacks, low-sugar alternatives, or gluten-free pantry essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just a few clicks. And when you shop Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one for one membership matching program. You join and they give. I use Thrive Market every single month. I get our dish detergent, dish soap, and various other just basic household essentials that are low-tox and non-tox ingredients. And it is the easiest way to get all of my favorite clean items sent right to my door at an affordable price, I should add. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash she for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash she. Thrivemarket.com slash she. You had asked a question that I think we didn't fully answer before we moved on. But when you're talking about the moms that come in with the doctors having that like rushed, like you have to do this, it's going to cause X, Y, and Z and blah, blah, blah. And giving like kind of that like heightened state of awareness of like, you have to make a decision right now. One thing that we always, always tell people is that this is not an emergency. It's never like, emergency care. The, the emergency is making sure your baby is fed. Right. That's the emergency. You need a feeding plan. You need a short, mid and long range feeding plan mm-hmm. yeah. and, and a way to, to, identify the functional and structural pieces that need to be calibrated and coordinated so that you get on the track to the trajectory of growth. That's the most important thing. And think about the flavor of this conversation that's going on with the urgency. Mm -hmm. Does it remind anyone of the conversation around birth, even, you know, recently with, oh, your baby's having D cells, we have to do a cesarean section. Urgency is part of the power differential of that level, what I call that level of the pyramid. And so when you choose not to engage with that and you understand what's going on and the actions that you can take in your own family and you take back the power in that, not because you're saying no to a procedure, but because you're saying yes to everything that helps that child grow in natural God-given ways to express who and why they're on the planet. That's a different conversation. Yeah. And do you ever make any decisions when you're in a heightened fight or place? You should not. It's not <laughs> a good idea to make a decision when you're rattled up and stressed out. Like you need to go home and you need to think about it and talk about it. Yeah. Yes. And this yeah. is why this is why I tell people run away from mm-hmm. the doctor who will do it right now on the same yeah, day. Yeah, the same day. Yeah. Consultation. Dr. Wacker with their little laser <laughs> is gonna make it all go away. No, they're not. No, they're not. It's yeah. not. Let's just stop yeah. and and get some functionality going, get some information going, get some community between the mother and the baby yeah. and bring the whole system back online because that baby's reflecting who you are, your yeah. state. And right? in the immediate postpartum, it, time can almost seem to yeah. like stops. It yeah, stops. It stops and it also warps. So like these pieces seem really emergent because your moments are sped up but the days are really long. And so we always tell people like one step at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were yeah. just telling me that yesterday. It's like one day at a time. Just literally take it. What is, what is today? Mm-hmm. Think about today yeah. right now, especially in the 
immediately. Yeah. Speaking of that, let's talk a little bit about breastfeeding. And like, I think that can also, if it's not going as smoothly or as easily as, you know, maybe a, a mom might want in those first few weeks postpartum, I think that's where that urgency, like what you mentioned, can really feel um, a little bit oppressive and heavy in the, that desire to just fix it, make it easier, enjoyable, right? Like I think postpartum in general, um, when it's not smooth, when the when the breastfeeding, when the um, sleeping, when all those pieces compound, it can make any little challenge that may not feel little at all feel like, oh my gosh, I just need to get this solved. And anyone who's offering that quote unquote silver bullet of sorts can be really um, convincing. And it's not that they have bad intentions, but it can be one of those things where it's really easy to rush in to just resolve the issue, right? And something I'd love if you can just speak to for someone who's like, okay, I'm hearing you. I I definitely agree. Like I want to not just rush into grabbing these this silver bullet or a surgical procedure or this allopathic model. Um, and for somebody who's like, I don't live on Maui. I'd love to come see you guys. I'd love if you can kind of walk me through what the better approach would be. You've created this amazing program to help families really be able to do this. But I'd love if you can touch a little bit. I know you touch on this in your program, but you talk about things like neuroposturing and inversions and ways to like take back some of that power you mentioned and help your child quote unquote unwind um, or more than maybe just doing a surgical procedure or in a little bit more of a, of a holistic approach. So can you explain what are these things, neuroposturing and inversions, and how do they benefit babies who do maybe have some oral restriction going on? It's all so individual. That's the thing is like when we're looking at a baby, mm-hmm. it's not what what's going to work for one baby is going to work for another baby. And so much of it, like, I want to go back to what you were saying about like women who are having these difficult times, especially so sore nipples, right? If you're dreading every single feed and you're feeding eight or more times a day, that is a tough road to be on. It's a really tough road to be on, but so much of it can really come to the positioning and that can be like the 80%. So we live in this world where all these women of childbearing age we weren't really raised seeing a ton of breastfeeding in our community because breastfeeding was kind of at an all time low in the 50s, 60s. And so it started building back up as our parents were born. And then my mom only breastfed me for six months. Like, and she said, nobody helped her. Like they just brought me to her and were like, okay, feed your baby. And so women are at this stage of, they haven't seen a ton of breastfeeding in their life. And it feels like, something that they should just be able to do right. And it feels like something that should just be natural for them. And they put a lot of pressure on themselves. If there's problems, they tend to like kind of suffer in silence and they don't reach out to help to whether it's like their village, their aunties, their grandmas, their friends, their lactation consultants. The other piece of that is there's so much available information now. So you're going to see like 17,000 reels on how to breastfeed Mm -hmm. and you can get information either way, right? Yeah. Like you're going to get information, but like you need to have a phrenectomy for your baby if they're doing X, Y, Z, or yeah. you can do a phrenectomy if you're doing X, Y, Z. So there's an overconsumption of information available right now. And, in, and information is not having an experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what mm-hmm. happens is we hit this bump, it's pain, it's a symptom, it's a, it's a place where our being stops. Because that, that specific situation is a gift for us to meet ourselves in a new way. And so when when we're unwilling and unable, we don't have the capacity and sometimes even the support to meet ourselves in a new way, what's required is the pattern interrupt or the thing specific for that person that helps them get over the hump and back into momentum. Mm-hmm. 
what's happening is we consume massive amounts of information. There's no wisdom in it. And we're not having an experience because information is not going to solve any problem because it feels like something you should do. It feels like something you should do. And we will rationalize not having an experience with something here. But what we really need to do is have an experience in our mm. body. So whatever experience that a mom and a dyad need to create to get them back into the momentum is the first step. And then what happens is then you get to take another step Mm -hmm. and another step and another step because this is a process, not an Mm -hmm. event. So what happens is we're looking for information that creates an event that makes it all go away. And that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it's not also, it's also not going to happen if you just put your baby in an inversion. Like I always tell people, you need to start with, looking at the position of your baby. If your baby is trying to breastfeed like this and they're crunched at the breast, if you put your head down and you try to swallow, it's very mm-hmm. hard. And so, so competition for breathing and feeding. Exactly. Yeah. So they're going to chomp down and their their tongue is going to not function properly because they're like this. So, so much of it that I tell people is like, keep it simple. And that's like our whole generative habits is like these simple solutions are things that people have forgotten in this aging yeah. affirmation where take a lot of babies upside down because it's needed. We take a lot of babies that have had a traumatic birth or a cord around the neck or they were posterior and they never had the extension, mm-hmm. things like that. But we don't take everybody, every baby upside down just, just because, because a lot of times you start with the simple things and you bring your baby down, you get your baby open at the breast. A lot of times you can get change like that and mm-hmm. one latch, even for a baby that is like tied, it's going <laughs> to, difference and the thing too is like it is our work and our job and our passion to know when to introduce an inversion totally. to know the sequence of like okay readiness, readiness or mm-hmm. you're experiencing this and then um this is happening and like okay now maybe the time to like actually introduce inversions so that there's the last part of unraveling needs to happen etc and that's why we have created the community online is because literally women are asking us okay this is where i am this month okay great implement these things. Okay. This is where I am this month. Okay. You need support sister. How are you going to find support? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Found support. Okay. Now how much have you been getting outside? Did you forget about the sunshine part? Like all of those pieces, mm-hmm. there's, there's those little, it's the dance and the intuition that we we're mastering for women to provide to them in the community, in that village setting. And so it's not just like do the nerve wash drink, do the inversion it's not the checklist anymore. It's like, how can we have an experience together and be passed down wisdom and learn together and be together and, and grow our babies together. All neuroposturing is, is Molly and my brain together mm-hmm. working with the field, baby, the field of yeah. the mother and the baby. Yeah. <laughs> so we're actually working with the mother, how she carries herself, how she's filling her own body so she can connect with that baby in an open breathing way, which downregulates everything and everything begins to go open up. And we do this in the 30-day discovery. Yes. That's so a really nice That's a really out. nice slow progression for somebody who really feels like they've been through the ringer is we actually go through that very slowly for 30 days. Painfully slowly. Yeah, painfully slowly. We get emails all the time. I can't access the next week. And we're like, like you're right. You're not supposed you can't. to be. <laughs> you have experience with what we give you now so that you can go to the next phase. And, you know, then also there's the gift of of the knowing. So, you know, so there's the maiden, maiden mother, matriarch, crone. So the archetypes of the, of the woman too, right? We've lost a lot of that in our communities where 
there's an auntie or a tutu who actually knows something and is willing to step into that place of support. And um, like Molly will always say, she calls me to Tutu will walk through the pit of hell with you, yeah. you know, and you and your baby. And literally there's been times where she's like, Molly's like, I, I don't, I'm not that woman. And I'll walk in mm-hmm. and be like, let's go, let's mm-hmm. ride. Yeah. We and, call her. And yeah. Like, and like, when we're we, working with clients, I'm like, I'm not there yet. Because I can hold that kind of space in my body for that baby to have their process and the mother to join us. Mm-hmm. But that's unique. Not not everybody needs that. So when it's time for this baby to, to have their moment where they're going to like literally have their hellacious moment, mm-hmm. the rebirth, which can be terrifying or whatever, which is terrifying. We do, we do that. We can do that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody really requires that. Most of the people I would say don't. Yeah. It's so, like, so information consumption is the death of wisdom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There is no wisdom information consumption. It's dead. And that's the problem. I think so many families and mothers specifically. It's not alive in your body. It's not what in your body? Alive in your body. Yeah. And the thing too is a lot of, this is starting, this is starting earlier than when you're beginning your breastfeeding journey. A lot of that happens as pregnancy progresses and then reaching birth. And that is a catalytic moment for so many women and often it's a missed opportunity. And so really even going back into the birth and healing some of those pieces or coming into acceptance or whatever the scenario mm-hmm. is can change the trajectory in your breastfeeding journey, can change the way that you make decisions if you're doing a phrenectomy or if you're not doing a phrenectomy based on just healing what you wish you would have said or how you wish you would have shown up or mm-hmm. how you wish it would have gone differently. Like we all have those kind of pieces that we have to come into acceptance yeah. of. And that's the archetypal journey for it's growth. For it's growth. Okay. I want to be mindful of, of your time. The last thing I want to kind of circle back to, we've talked a little bit about a variety of different things. It's been so good, but there's been a couple mentions of this, maybe even sense of regret that some mothers may have or the information overload that can lead to a decision that they didn't really feel not just prepared, but also ready and at peace with, um, ready for and at peace with. So for someone who might be listening, for a mom who might be listening, mother who might be listening, who maybe leaned into the information, the information overload and has having some some questions or regrets, who maybe is not loving the, the outcome or lack thereof that she's received through already having had some sort of surgical release or a frenectomy done for her child, but is in this place of wanting to also offer some uh, additional holistic support, maybe think about it differently, implement some things differently. What encouragement would you give to her if someone's concerned or stressed about having done the phrenectomy? Like what can they do now? Or what's the appropriate like follow up and long-term next steps for somebody who might be in that place? What would you encourage her with or what advice would you give her? Well, I'd say all of us probably synonymously would say begin resourcing get the foundational pieces really online. So that's something as simple as like going outside and, and receiving sunlight, moving your, your body covered, yeah. get your contacts yeah. out. I can't tell you how many moms will come to me and they're literally on their last. They've got like, they're, I, we drove down here on E this morning. Thank God we're going downhill, yeah. but they're on <laughs> E they're, they're, but they, they're driving a Toyota. So they're going to get there. Right. Which we were. So we're going to get there, but Ooh, you know, the warning light is on and I'm like, you know, they, they never go outside. They're always on their phone. They wear contact lenses. 
and their eyes are always covered. They never get out where they can actually create enough power to even breathe. So these are these are things that are governed by natural law. Yeah. Our bodies are under natural law. So if you don't understand natural law and what that means in your experience and in your actions, then that's the place to begin. You're not doing the thing that is part of the system. So how can anyone help you? No one can help you unless you're willing to actually live your body under natural law. Mm-hmm. That's good. And I think too, because I feel like we see a lot of those moms who come to us and are like, I wish I knew then what I know now, or I wish I had heard of you guys before I did the phrenectomy. And one thing that I always try to take it back to, and I actually learned this from my first mentor in lactation, her name is Jenny Baker. And she always, always said, you did the best you could with the education and support you had Mm -hmm. at that Mm -hmm. time. And that is, I always remind people of that because it's not going to do you nor your family any good to look back and kick yourself Mm -hmm. for it. That goes back into that victim mindset, which we have a whole thing on like the victimhood in our Mm -hmm. generative habits course, which is really cool. But if you're constantly going back and regretting things and saying you should have done something differently, you had a certain amount of information and support at that time that you made the decision Mm -hmm. and you always made the best decision that you thought was best for you and your Mm -hmm. family. And you don't know what you don't know. So give yourself credit for that something you know different. And and this is where the good, bad, right, wrong duality comes in is we think we've got one decision we can make, but no, we do that every Mm -hmm. day. This is why, you know, it's really important to me. I teach women how to navigate themselves. We all have an internal GPS and a way that it works and getting to know yourself in that space of challenge is welcome to life. Life. I'm 60 years, I'll I'll be 60 years old Mm -hmm. soon. And it's like, I've got five children. My my youngest will be 23 this week. How did he get to be that old? And a 31 year old. And it's like, it's never going to stop. This is your opportunity to learn about yourself. Yeah. Welcome. And you'll get another one and another one. And another one, it's never going to yeah, stop. There's always going to learn be. how you navigate. Yeah. And what are you going to do about it now? Yeah. So instead of reflecting back on it and putting your head mm-hmm. down, what can you do now mm-hmm. with what you know yeah. now? We have lots of moms who go, go through our course. I've already done phrenectomies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they benefit greatly from it. Greatly. Yeah. These gals, I taught these gals how to go into surgery with their babies and actually do the perioperative experience and postural blueprint with the babies during the surgery, game changer. Mm -hmm. Doctors don't even know how good it could be if they had a team that could do Mm -hmm. that. And And our doctor now won't do it without them. And now the doctor won't do it without (laughs) them. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. This has been so interesting. And I, and I just, I, I think you're, I I even appreciate that you don't have this like, okay, here's your three-step like, you know, plan. I think it's like, no, it's like this, it's this, deeper, like you mentioned, like this wisdom, this like individualized experience. It's not as simple as here's your black and white three-step process and you're good. And I think, and that's what's hard because I think sometimes that's what we want, especially in our information overloaded culture. Like we just want the, like, give me the answer, tell me the event, tell me the three steps that are going to fix it. And it's like such a bigger conversation than that. And taking a holistic view of the body and the person and the mother baby dyad that you mentioned. I mean, it just, I think it, it, it can be 
a challenge to shift our mind that way. But it's also like what you mentioned, like the natural law and really understanding and leaning into this bigger piece and this bigger conversation and and more holistic approach than just one, two, three, you're good, you'll be fine. And then now I'm disappointed because I didn't get the, the outcome that I wanted or I did not see the benefit of that. And I'm, I'm confused as to why, because it helped my friend. It's like, well, we're also individual. It's not this, it, it, that's not a study. That's not a guarantee. So anyway, this has all been so good. And I think such a challenge to so many of us who are in, you know, inundated with information at all, all times and just so overwhelmed by what's right for me. What do I do next? What do I consider? This approach is really healthy and really I think eye-opening to consider where a lot of us may not be. So. I'll give you this. There's simple things I tell people all the time when, when burned out practitioners come to me and they're done with the tongue-tie world, or they come to me and they say, I want to be the absolutely best person for tongue-tie on the planet. And I'm like, okay, let's go. I'll, I'll Let's get in the arena. Let's go. I want to know who you are and where you are. Eyes on your own paper and what's correct for you is not correct for everyone. And what's correct for everyone is not correct for you. So there's correct for you, not correct for everyone. And I tell people this all day long because this is a personal journey. Mm -hmm. It's not for, it's not everyone's business. Yeah. Although it's a huge business. And it's funny because it literally is a mom baby dad. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's your you're creating an entire consciousness. It's a consciousness between you and your baby. This like psychic connection, mm-hmm. truly psychic connection. Being able to be in tune with them, know what they need, know how they need things, know when to respond and when not to respond. Like, there's a whole art to mothering, yeah. and it's we're losing yeah. it. We're yeah, losing it. thank you for sharing that. That's true and a gut punch in some ways I think but that we need like a good like hug and kick in the pants at the same time like the necessary reminder and the necessary truth I would love if you guys can share what's that I'm a good Sure. <laughs> I'll punch you anybody in the gut. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So for those who are yeah. like, I need more of this, or I want to learn more, how can I go deeper? Where can listeners find you and where can we learn more from you? So you can find us on Instagram. That's an easy place. It's Midline Revolution on Instagram. We have three courses right now, the evolution of lip and tongue tie. And that one is primarily centered around the theory philosophy, sort of our philosophy, entering into that whole season. And we go through movement at the breast. We go through movement for the baby with any type of restriction showing up. And we go through some oral function pieces, the anatomy, the oral function, and then how to play in your baby's mouth and how a functional exam should go. Should go. Yeah. So that one's a really incredible resource comprehensive yes. of all of them of all the courses and then we have a 30-day discovery which is generally for the mothers that have already had a phrenectomy or are in this like state of emergence this fight or flight state because it's a 30-day drip each week unlocks the week and we go through mind body spirit things every single week on how to be with your baby on things to change in your environment how to change your internal state, how to journal about what you're experiencing and what's happening in your guys' dynamic right now, especially fresh babies are really great. That one's really great for new, new mommies. Yeah, like zero to three months. Zero to three months, yeah. And then we recently launched our Generative Habits Breastfeeding Edition course. And this one is incredible because it's uh, Michelle's pretty much life's work of study in the human pieces. And then we incorporate some of the village style uh, conversation that we have in our community 
And then we talk about victim consciousness. Yeah. We talk about sleeping with your baby, how to breastfeed in sideline position, how to breastfeed in cross cradle. We talk about moving your baby. We talk about movement for mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we talk about all of what we're coining as bio habits. So they're kind of formally known as biohacks, I would say. Um, so these human pieces that we've kind of dropped out in society, but we're that are being popular again, could becoming popular again. They're, all the bio biohacks. And so it's like, yeah, the mineralization, the water, the EMF exposure, Mm -hmm. the, give me some more sleep, the sleep piece, uh, using, yeah, thermogenics. It's basically just your plant in your environment and how to cultivate that environment so that you're thriving. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that one's definitely not like a how to breastfeeding course. Mm -hmm. This is for moms that are breastfeeding and are wanting to just have a full embodied experience. Yeah. Optimization and to the max. Yeah, and then we do have a webinar on there that has it's more information if you have specific questions on what exactly our courses have in it. Yeah, and then my favorite part about what we're doing together is actually our Kajabi community. Um, Monthly, we meet with the women that are in there, and it's a relatively small group currently, and they're getting basically one-on-one consultations once a month with us, and we're chatting with them on some of the forums on the Kajabi website. And they chat with each other at the same time. And they chat with each other. Which is really fun. And the best part about that community specifically is it's virtual, so people aren't flying. We actually do have someone here currently from the community that's flown in for the neuroposturing and breastfeeding, but it's a community virtual, and people are getting their outcomes. And I'm just like, I think it is really amazing to just take a 360 view and be like, wow, that's impactful. The impact is, it's immense. And it's like-minded people from all over the world. Yeah, moments that are going through the same thing. Celebrate and Mm -hmm. people have hard days and people, it's it's really cool. You guys have some really, you have a good like variety of resources that serve kind of this, like multiple different phases for mothers. Yeah. And lots of different mm-hmm. price points. So it's not just all one, you know, thing. There's different price points. And you can actually have experience and feel the benefit and then possibly do another one. Yeah. You know? I love that. And we intentionally designed it that way because we want it to be accessible yeah. and we also want it to make a difference. You know, yeah. we want you to invest something into it so that there's a response in your embodied experience yeah. with it. And, you know, with people if somebody's listening and they're like, Well, my baby's not breastfeeding anymore, or my baby's over twelve months. Yeah. Go to Rooted Families, go to CoreyMalloy.com slash Rooted Families and do Rooted Families. I talk about the Mile Wild framework, which is what we use in Midline Revolution. We use it in Rooted Families for the toddler and above. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is a, this is, you, most families will have a college education invested in their child by the time they get to high school with this allopathic model. So if they're going to do the next thing, you think courses are expensive? Mm-hmm. Do you know how much three phases of ortho is? Because that's what you're going to get the opportunity to purchase at some mm-hmm. point. Not that you wouldn't have to, but at least you'll have the knowledge and wisdom of how to navigate that space mm-hmm. and make choices that are empowering rather than giving your power away to someone else to do something that's not really a correct outcome for you. Yeah. And the, the really beautiful thing about Rooted Families too is it's incorporating the fathers. And so I feel like that's a missing piece for a lot of this whole dynamic is like, get the dads involved. They're a huge piece of the environmental factors. Big. And Partners so are huge. My husband and I are in Rooted Families and we're like so stoked to be growing as our new family with mm, that. Love it. Well, thank you guys so much for all of the resources you've shared, the wisdom. I almost want to say wisdom over information. You know, it's not, I, I think that's 
refreshing. Even on a podcast, a lot of times you're just getting step one, step two, step three, information, information, and you're doing such an intentional job to make sure that it's it's wisdom, not just information. And so thank you for sharing all that you have. And thank you for the resources you put out there. If you guys are listening, go check them out. I loved that course that the very first one you mentioned, um, the evolution of the lip and tongue tie. That's how, that's what it's called, right? I'm like, I want to make sure I say it right. I think it was just helpful. It gave me a total, it just broadened my understanding and my perspective and made me really lean into my intuition. I think the biggest thing is it helped me listen to my intuition because there was something in me that was like, I just don't feel like doing a surgical procedure on my newborn feels quite right, but I can't put my hand on why because literally everyone is telling me that's my solution. And I think it just gave me that wisdom, that deeper confidence to listen to that wisdom and help me understand why I felt the way that I did and what to do with that and yes. ways to support my child. That's the key. And, and you, good job. Yeah, good, good job, job for following that too. Well, I mean, yeah. I'm, I don't think I would have been that confident had I not had that information, not information, that guidance is the right word, to be honest. I, I think we're just so quick to jump to information, but um, to have that guidance yeah. and that, and that um, support. So all of that said, thank you for everything that you've shared. Thank you for being on. It was such a joy to chat with you. And for, for those who are listening and curious about diving into this a little bit deeper, definitely check out those resources. Check out the resources they share online. It is very refreshing is the word that I would say. So you guys, <laughs> thanks for being here. Yeah, thank you. Awesome. I'd love to hear from you. It makes me so happy to see you tuning into this show. So if you're on Instagram, let me know what your favorite part of the show was by taking a screenshot of the episode you've tuned into and share it on your story. Tag me at Jordan Lee Dooley and tell me what your favorite quote or takeaway from today's show was so that I can see what's helping you and even feature what you share. This keeps me inspired and encouraged to keep creating new content. And it's a great way to share something that your friends might love too. I can't wait to see you in Instagram world, my friend. Thanks for tuning in. To learn more about the She Podcast or to get involved in Jordan's growing community, visit jordanleedooley.com. Thanks for joining in today. Until next time, remain committed to intentional choices that refine your heart, faith, health, and work because your story is much too important to settle for anything less. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.